It's working, right? Yep, okay, good, good. Well, good morning. Welcome, welcome all to First DC. Um, I felt like I had an exit. What? Do I have an e- Good to see you all. Glad you're here. Any visitors, please feel free to, um, to fill out one of the little cards in the back. Let us know a little bit about yourself. Um, we're glad that, that everyone's here. Glad to, that those on Zoom are able to join us as well. I've got several, several announcements, so, so I wrote them out to try and make sure that I got, got the ones that I um, that needed to make sure. I'm actually covering this week, just this week, um, and I have so many to talk about. So, of course, today we're going to be um, participating in communion, and then after the service, remember, stick around, a, a quick congregational meeting to talk about the, door, the front doors and the security system. Some information and some quotes that we're looking for some help uh, from you to know how to, how to proceed. Uh, this evening, there will not be any Bible study. Just uh, we'll be resuming again next Sunday, and we'll be talking about the parable of the fig tree. So no Bible study tonight. Then tomorrow evening, 6.30, we're going to have our new members class. We actually have six people signed up for that. Um, so that's wonderful. We do have some extra books. If there's anybody else who'd like to come, there's no commitment Coming doesn't mean that you have to do something beyond that. I'm hoping that all six of those people will still uh, want to join, but the idea of the class is for you to get an idea of what the articles of faith of our de- denomination are, do you still want to join, and so forth. But even if you're a member and you're just curious and you want to go through all of that um, and just participate in the conversations, feel free. It'll be 6.30 here tomorrow night and, and next Monday night as well. Uh, Wednesday morning, of course, we'll have our coffee shop theology. Wednesday evening will be the prayer meeting. Now, that'll, that'll be our last prayer meeting for a little while, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Thursday, we have our DQ with the children that are under 20 this week, and then next week it's with the 20-somethings. Um, so that's the stuff that's going on this week. There was a, an announcement up in there, if you caught one of the slides uh, we're trying to do something for uh, appreciation for some of the local police departments. So the first one's happening on March 1st for North Londonderry Township. There's a sign-up sheet out on the bulletin board. Um, it, it pretty much explains the ways you can help. There's about four different options, four different ways that you might be able to, to help out. Um, but please feel free to jump in and sign, sign up for some way of helping out to just show the police our, our appreciation by giving them a little hoagie platter for their lunch. Um, the reason that this week's prayer meeting will be the last one for a while is because it, it jumped on me quick, but I didn't realize that next Wednesday starts Lent already. Um, Ash Wednesday is next Wednesday, the 22nd. Yeah, so, um, so that, what I'd like to do is have Lenten services on Wednesday evenings. So starting on the 22nd, we'll have... Lenten services in place of prayer meeting. It'll be at 7 o'clock. It'll be every Wednesday. We'll take a break the Wednesday of my surgery, that week of March 13th, but then we'll resume again. It'll take us right up into Holy Week where we'll have our last Wednesday evening Lenten service. We'll have a Monday Thursday service with communion, and then we'll have a tenebrae service on Good Friday. We'll get all that out to you, but the main thing is starting next week, we're going to have, um, we're going to start having, um, Lenten services instead of prayer meeting. I'm sorry, I don't know where my, I don't, I feel frazzled right now for some reason. So, anything else that needs to be shared? I know there's a whole lot of other stuff. Please take a look at your bulletin. Please pay attention to the bulletin boards and things like that. Yes, Dawn. Okay, we we just had a reminder. <laughs> We had a reminder about the, uh, the 100th anniversary, Keep, keeping it on your calendar, July 29th and 30th. There's going to be things going on that weekend, including a, a special speaker. Uh, Reverend Mike Sigmund will be here as the speaker on Sunday morning. Um, so just keep, keep all that in mind. You see the details there in your, in your bulletin. Anything else? Just a quick reminder, there's a missionary meeting tomorrow night. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't be there. I'm going to be at the new members meeting. <laughs> 
Okay. So, uh, missionary meeting tomorrow night. What time? 6.30? Okay. Missionary meeting tomorrow night at 6.30. Anything else? Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, let's, let's pause, collect ourselves, and, um, and prepare for worship this morning. Good morning, Father. Thank you for giving us this day and this opportunity to come meet together as brothers and sisters in you. And we just pray, Lord, that all we do here this morning is to your honor and to your glory. We gather to praise you, to remember all the blessings that you provided this week. And we love you, Lord. We praise you. Amen. Our call to worship is from Psalm 145. David says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I'll invite you to stand as we Sing our praises to the Lord. Good morning, everybody. So we, have, we have a new song that we're going to be singing, but not right now. We're going to start with a familiar one, get everybody warmed up. Because you were forsaken, unaccepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died. I'm accepted, you were condemned, I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me, because you died and rose again, amazing Jesus, you 
So uh, I speak Jesus. I don't know if anybody's familiar with it. Seeing a lot of shaking heads, so no. <laughs> Share it again. It's not too hard to follow along, so we'll give it a shot.
Take a minute to tell somebody you're glad they're here this morning. Find our way back to our back to our seats. We'll we'll take some time to uh, to lift up prayer requests and lift up praises. What kind of praises or prayer requests do you want to share this morning? Thelma's got one. I just praise God that everything is going well for me, and um, my heart's at rest, and I'm sure Arvel's is too, and I also want to ask for prayer for our country. I think we need prayer desperately, and uh, there's so much going on, so many different facets of things happening everywhere, that Christians need to stand up combine, and do good wherever we can. Any others? I'd like you to pray for Donna. For two weeks, she's had back and neck problems that she just lays with a heating pad. So she's having problems. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. JR did get back to us. He said that COVID is, um, he is healed from that. that he had COVID last week, and um, that's, he's through all of that, and... Um, he wanted to. He wanted us to know that he he is no longer dealing with COVID. Any others? Okay. Well, let's pray. Well, first of all, Father, we thank you for the gift of this new day. We thank you for watching over us, leading us through this week. We know that you're always with us. You're always there in all of our situations. Even when sometimes we feel like maybe you're paying attention to someone else and you've forgotten about us. We know that that's not true. You're an awesome God. You're you're aware of everything that's going on, and we remember that you're in control. And so, Father, first of all, we want to pray for, for Donna. She's been dealing a long time now with back issues, neck issues, and so, Father, we pray for healing. We pray for comfort. Would you just take that pain away? Allow her some freedom of movement. Allow her to be able to, to get up, 
to stand, to move, to walk without pain. And Father, you heard the other, the other request. We, we do pray on behalf of our nation. We pray that you'll guide us as Christians to know how to, to be an influence in society, to be ambassadors as you ask us to be, which, which means that we have the, the tough job of of knowing how to speak truth and be firm about it, but at the same time say it in a loving way. And so, Father, we need your guidance there because if our natural self takes over, we'll just start yelling at people. We see the world as just an evil place right now. We see so many things trying to just push their way into our lives. But, Father, again, we know that you're in control. And so we trust you. And we ask you, again, just to guide us. Let us know how we can stand strong as Christians, but in a way that represents you and shows your love and your truth at the same time. Father, we thank you for the way you provide for us. We thank you for our income. And so our offering this morning is just a a way of saying thank you, a way of recognizing that all we have comes from you. And so we ask you to bless the offering and to use it in whatever way you will to further your kingdom and your church. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll invite you to stand as we sing our first hymn, number 69. that last verse that we 
saying, says to crown him, crown him the Lord of love. We know that someday, someday way into the future, somebody's going to have a lot of trouble understanding what our word love meant. It's, it's everywhere. It's written. It's heard. We see it in our advertising. Subaru makes love a central part of their advertising. They tell us that love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. To improve tourism, New York came up with their I Love New York campaign. And of course, we all know that we love that chicken from Popeye's. <laughs> right? And then, for all, I, for all my song nerd friends, we're going to have a little fun now. We know that Paul McCartney and Wings thought that people would have had enough of silly love songs, but they looked around to see it wasn't so. Oh, no. <laughs> in fact, by taking a look at just the songs in the U.S. that reached number one on the charts, we can learn that love is a many-splendored thing. But you can't hurry, love. Everybody loves somebody, but you always hurt the one you love. There's secret love, young love, baby love, higher love, and a groovy kind of love. Now, love must be sticky like glue because love will keep us together. But it must not be permanent because you've lost that love and feeling. And then we, and then we wonder, where did our love go? Hopefully you're recognizing all these song titles. Now, we know that relationships are important, and especially our relationship with God. But today's question is, another title, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> And the teddy bears said it best in 1958. Anybody remember this one? To know him is to love him. Well, this morning, we're going to take a little break from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to jump over into John's Gospel, and we're going to jump way, way ahead of where we are chronologically and so forth on the timeline. But just for today, we want to, want to jump ahead. We're going to join Jesus and the disciples as they are reclining at the upper room table where Jesus explains that all you need is love. That was my last one, okay. <laughs> no, no more song titles. Let's just, let's just pray and jump into our message. Let's pray. Well, thank you, Father, for your word, your love story. Let us hear your message today and, and help us to grow even deeper in our love for you so that we'll be more than just hearers of your word and hearers of your love, but also doers as well. And I ask it in your loving son's precious name. Amen. I've chosen John chapter 15 verses 9 through 13 as the basis for today's message, and it'll be the starting point. We're going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to stay with this theme of love. It's a topic that should be on everyone's mind. Men, this is a heads up. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. So now you have no excuse. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> Valentine's Day is a great day for Hallmark. It's a great day for restaurants. But hopefully it'll be a great day for you as well. Hopefully you'll have a chance to tell that special someone just how much you love them. Now that would be the Greek eros kind of love. There's also the phileo kind of love in the Greek. That's brotherly love. That's the kind of love that you have for your brothers and sisters in the congregation, for instance. So why don't you take a minute, turn to somebody that's not a family member, but just tell them that you love them as a brother or as a sister. <laughs> Now, was that, was that too awkward? <laughs> no, you're, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love each other in that phileo kind of, kind of way. Now, in today's text, we're going to see Jesus telling the disciples how much he loves them. But it's not the eros, it's not the phileo. It's a different kind of, kind of love. You see, in the English language, you can love anything from A to Z, from 
apples to zebras. The word love is used to describe a whole range of emotions. But in the Greek, you've heard me say before, there's several different words that we translate as that one English word, love. We just mentioned eros and phileo, but the greatest and the most encompassing kind of love is agape love, unconditional love. That's the type of love that Jesus is talking about in today's sermon text. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 15, and we're starting in verse 9, where we read, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. He says, remain in my love. Jesus is telling his disciples to keep a strong relationship with him so that his life and his love can continue to give them life and love. Now, he started this conversation with the imagery of a vine. Up in verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And all of us can visualize that picture. We can understand its basic meaning, but anybody who was here last Sunday evening might be able to hear that in a much different way. This scenario that we're reading about here is in the upper room. It's at the end of Holy Week. That's what I say. We've, we've jumped way ahead chronologically. We're going to jump back next week. But for now, just for this, this particular set of, of verses, they're at the end of Holy Week here. And Jesus knows it's his last week on earth as a human being. Now, earlier in the week, he confronted the religious leaders with a parable about a vineyard. And that's what we took a look at last Sunday. The owner hired some tenants to take care of his vineyard, and at the appropriate time, he sent some messengers to collect his share, but the tenants abused those messengers, killed some of them, stoned them. He sent some more messengers. Same thing happened again. Then he sent his son, but the tenants killed him also. And then Jesus asks the Pharisees themselves, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He lets them sort of speak their own ending. They don't realize it, but they say, well, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. And he tells them basically that they're right. He's, he knows his time is near, so he doesn't even beat around the bush anymore. He says to them directly, therefore I tell you, that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. You see, all through the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was described as a vineyard with God as the owner of the vineyard. Now Jesus is saying, this privilege is being taken away from you. The religious leaders were expected to nurture the vineyard, help it grow, to grow spiritually. And they weren't doing that. So the vineyard is no longer the nation of Israel. It's going to be given to another nation, those who believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So that nation is the church. And it can have Jews, but it can also have Gentiles, slaves, free, men, women, etc. The vineyard now just has one vine, and that's Jesus. And the only way to live in the vineyard then is to be attached to that vine to remain in Jesus. So back here in John 15, Jesus is clarifying that new setup. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Then in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's talking about much fruit. And so in verse 9, then he explains what that fruit is. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. That fruit is love. And as long as we, as branches, are attached to Jesus, the vine, who continues to pump love into our veins, well then, we will continue to have love to share with each other. He goes on then in verses 10 through 12 to say, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this 
so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus is saying that true disciples, disciples then, disciples now, are to love each other the way that Jesus has loved them, which is the way the Father has loved Jesus. And it's impossible unless they remain in Jesus' love. And he, he knows that they can do this. Now, if you're thinking about who he's talking to, the disciples, maybe you're thinking, well, well what about Judas? Well, just, just to clarify, he, he's actually left before this conversation. Back in verse 30 of chapter 13. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. And when he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. And it's the start, if you have one of these red-letter Bibles, it's the start of pages and pages of just all red letters. Jesus, or Judas has left, and Jude, Jesus knows the timer has started. Let me say, Judas has left, and Jesus knows that the timer has started. One more title. It's the final countdown, if you will. He knows that. And in the next four chapters, John records Jesus' final instructions to his disciples. So you know they must be important. Think about sometime you were traveling. You were going away for a few days, but the family wasn't going along, right? Women, you'd probably let everybody know that there's frozen pizzas in the freezer. Turn the oven to 375. Make sure you put it in for 12 minutes. Do this, do that, right? You want to make sure that you're taking care of them. Men, as you're walking out the door, you want to make sure things are organized. You, you say, I went ahead and I paid that electric bill, and I left an itinerary on the table so you know my schedule. And if I get any mail, just put it on my desk. I'll take care of it when I get back, right? You give some final instructions because you're going to be gone for a while. Usually you're not saying anything new. You're just emphasizing certain points. And that's what Jesus is doing here. I mean, the entire Bible has been saying, love God and love your neighbor, right? Started with the Ten Commandments. The first four say love God. The final six say love each other, love your neighbors. He told that as the, the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then just as equally, love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying it again here now. He stresses this new command, he says. He, he just says it in a different way over in verses 34 and 35. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. He just keeps repeating it. Now here in our final verse that we just read in verse 12 of chapter 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You, as I have loved you. And how much has Jesus loved them? How much has Jesus loved us? Well, if we go back to chapter 14, he tells us that I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. We know that means even to the point of death. Jesus talks about that then in our next verse. Verse 13 of chapter 15, he says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so who are his friends? Well, anyone who will keep his commands, because they want to. Anyone who remains in his love, so that they have more love to give. Anyone whose joy is complete through the loving obedience of his commands. Jesus shared all this with the men that he first called disciples. And then later at this table, he calls them children, and then as they're walking together later, he calls them friends. So today, I invite you, his disciples, his children, his friends, you who find joy in the loving obedience of his commands, I invite you to share in the sacrament 
of Holy Communion. Share in the experience in which we remember the sacrifice made on our behalf completely out of love for us by our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But first, let's make sure we're ready. Paul reminded the church in Corinth that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Those who took communion without considering the other members of the congregation. Now, in those days, that was the entire church. So even it goes beyond this congregation. Anyone who takes communion without discerning the other saints, the other brothers and sisters in Christ, if you have, are holding a grudge against someone, if something has happened and you're angry with someone, of these sorts of things are things that Paul is reminding them you've got to take care of before you come to the, to the table. So let's just take a moment to come clean with God and to repent any sins quietly that we think we're hiding, sins that we haven't confessed to God. Let's just take a moment to do that quietly now. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse even the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Gracious Father, we come to this table trusting in your great mercies. May we receive this sacrament with devout, believing, and grateful hearts as we receive the bread and fruit of the vine in memory of your Son's passion. May his death be ever before us, quickening us to a holy resolve to hate sin, to love Christ, and to serve you through him. Amen. We'll serve communion in the way we've been doing it recently. I'll first wanna, I first want to go ahead and, and give it to the ones in the nursery, and then we'll ask if there's anybody who's not able to, to come forward to walk. Um, but once those are done, then we'll just ask you to come up, come by, take the bread, take the juice, go back to your pew. We'll all take communion together then. So if... Uh, Gloria can play a little music. We'll go back to the nursery. We'll take care of communion back there. And then we'll come out and see if anyone needs it in the pew. Okay?
anyone who needs um, communion served in, in their pew who would not be able to walk, walk up to the front. Take the, take the bread, take your cup, take it back to the pew, and then we'll all take communion together. Let's start with that next. It would work a little, I think it would work a little easier if you come around this way. <laughs> sorry, should have had a traffic cop, I'm sorry.
We know that the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was having this dinner with his disciples. And he told his disciples that this is my body. It was his body that he's giving up out of love, not only for those disciples, but for all of you. Take and eat. And in the same way, then he took the cup. And he talked about this love being more than just something that he's just doing on the spur of the moment. He talked about a covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood, he said. He loved enough to create a new covenant for them and for you. So take this in remembrance of him. Take and drink. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for sharing this moment with us. We're so grateful for the gift and the sacrifice of your son. And we thank you for this loving obedience in following your will all the way to the cross. We just ask that you would work in our hearts to strengthen our loving obedience so that we do a better job of following your will for us. Amen. I invite you also to share in praying the Lord's Prayer, but pay attention to the way it's written. I want to read it the way it is. I know that we tend to just kind of say it as the way we've remembered it, the way we've learned it. So let's, let's pray together this version of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven... Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Keep us from temptation, and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, and in the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, they both tell us that when the dinner was over, they sang a hymn and then went out to the Mount of Olives. So let's sing our final hymn. If you, if you would stand, please, we'll sing hymn number 252 and remember just how much Jesus paid. <laughs> Thank you. 
So may the Lord bless you and protect you as you remain in his love. And may he look on you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.